Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Go, food needs refills. Harp on Sports, the ball, podcast, media, audio, and radio network. What do we have in store for you on this edition of the program? A little cocktail party pause as Florida Georgia release joint statement on the game. I think 2023 will be the last time that it's in Jacksonville, at least for two years. And maybe that's a good thing for a short amount of time. We're going to explain why. Also, the Bucks officially stuck. Not neutral, but reverse. And, you know, you look at two teams, a lot of people thought we're going to be up there challenging in the NFC. Both the Packers and the Bucks below 500. Yikes. The Pack's still trying to figure out their identity. The Bucks. They've got some of their guys healthy, not all of them, but some of them. I, Packers don't have any talent. Bucks have talent, but it's not working. What 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 a screwy situation it is for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the easiest road game on their schedule should have been this past weekend. So what do Brady and company do? We'll look at that. Also, a little World Series walk-off. Now we're going to give you... Uh, the things that we're going to be paying attention to that's going to define this year's fall classic. So again, Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Harp on Sports, Twitter, at Harp on Sports, Instagram. You want to reach us via that route, auditory route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Harp on Sports, Facebook page, Harp on Sports, the YouTube channel. And of course, HarpOnSports.com. Where to start? A little cocktail party pause. Now, it's one of three big rivalries in sports that are still that still find themselves on a neutral site field year in and year out. I should rephrase that, a stationary neutral site field. Oklahoma, Texas, Cotton Bowl, Dallas, Arkansas, A&M, Houston, and Florida, Georgia in Jacksonville. Now you have Army, Navy, it rotates, right? Philadelphia, Baltimore went to New York. Some of these things move around a little bit. Navy and Notre Dame, when they play on the road, it's a neutral site game, but not a steady neutral site game Or when on the road from Notre Dame's perspective. So what's going to happen here? Well, here's what I think is going to happen. I think after 2023, it'll be done in Jacksonville, at least for a small amount of time. At least two years, it'll be done in Jacksonville. Now, there's several reasons why. One, you know, the money payout, it's up over $3 million per team now. Hard to believe five years ago that teams actually made, what, $600,000? They didn't make that much. $500,000 playing in it now. It's almost a, it's not quite a bowl payout, but it's a week one neutral site game payout. You know, Kirby says it hurts recruiting. He can't have as many guys in for visits. And I get that. I wish the SEC would change this rule and allow whoever is the designated home team to treat it like a home game when it comes to recruiting. It's ridiculous that they don't. If they would switch that up, it would make it a little bit easier. You could stomach it a little bit better. But I really believe this too, that what makes this thing unique and special is the neutral site location, is the 50-50 split. Let's face it, it's it's very similar to, to Oklahoma, Texas. It re- really is. Now, they have the state fair that it's built around. This is just kind of built around a bunch of drinking, which, oh, okay. But both schools are going to catch a little break here that's going to allow them to say, hey, look, we we have no, we don't really have a choice. 
They're waiting till the summer to make this decision. Here's why. Because the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to ask for six or $700 million for stadium renovations. The Jaguars, now that they're going to get this indoor, or not this indoor, I guess it is kind of an indoor thing, right? This indoor center that, you know, a new practice facility complex with the offices right where the practice field was. Once they get that built, that hundred plus million dollar thing, then they're going to turn their attention to the stadium. The Bills have a new stadium. The Titans are getting a new stadium. All this new stuff. The Jags are going to the Jags are going to want to turn TIA Bank into what Hard Rock looks down like in Miami. That's what they're going to want to turn it into. They're going to turn it into that soccer feeling flat roof platform. And Looking at the numbers, it's going to cost between 700, I, I think 700 million on the conservative. I got 600 to $750 million. I'm being very conservative on that too. They want to put a roof on that thing. It's going to get upwards of close to a billion dollars when it's all said and done. It just is. Now they can gut the lower bowl and do some things inside over the years, but they're going to ask for big time money. They are. Once they get that practice facility done, then Shad Khan's going to start the four seasons. They're going to ask for a stadium renovation. So they asked for that this summer. And the Jags are sitting there saying to themselves, huh, or at least Florida, Georgia at the end of the summer, like, hey, look, 2023, you know, it'll be the last year, 24 and 25. We'll do a home and home as they do these renovations and they rebuild this thing. And then we'll explore coming back. It'll be what close to the 30th anniversary of when TIA Bank at the time was built where the Gator Bowl was and 30 years in, they're going to do a major renovation there. They'll do a home and home, and then they'll explore it after that. You get it, we get it. And I think after two years of a home and home, I think the fan base will look around and say, okay, it was fun. When Florida fan, like when Georgia fans get to host it, they'll love it. But when it's at Florida, they won't. And Florida fans, when they get to host it, they'll love it. But when the game's at Georgia, they won't. The fact that they both got to go to it after two years, but I kind of missed that a little bit. So I, my, my but I'm going to tell you it's going to happen 24-25. It'll be a home and home. 24 and 25, be at Georgia one year, it'll be at Florida the next, and then, you know, those discussions will be taking place to bringing it back. Because if it's not a two-year thing at Florida and Georgia, on the campuses in Athens and in Gainesville, then it's going to be a four-year thing as they get it figured out. Then after four years, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I don't know, should we bring it back? Is it really worth it? Do we want to go back? I, again, if it goes away, it goes away. I hate to see it go away, but without it, it, it turns into Tennessee, Florida, which is still a nice rivalry, but there's something that's just special about Florida, Georgia. There is. And if you turn it into a home and home, it'd still be a unique, special game. But to try to say it will be as special, come on. And I've said this for years. Now that they allow drinking inside of stadiums and college campuses, we just name this, give this a sponsor and name it after a beer. Oh, we don't want to encourage drink. Just suck it up and sponsor it. Name, find, find some alcohol. It's a cocktail. Name, name it after it. Everybody's always worked up about this. I already said for years and years, name it after a cocktail sauce. Is it Zatarans? Name it after Zatarans. See if they'll kick in 100, 150 grand for it. It's a Zatarans cocktail party. Your cocktail sauce. There you go. Everybody happy? <laughs> so, cocktail party pause. It's going to happen. I'm telling you right now, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Two years as they renovate that stadium. Gives them the perfect out. All right. Oh, by the way, Florida's a 22-point underdog. Yikes. Yikes, yikes, yikes. Georgia's going what, for their fifth win in six tries? Yeah. Kirby Smart, a little bit of a stranglehold now on this thing. All right. Switching gears. 
from that to the Bucks. Bucks are stuck, and I I start to look at this, and you know, at three and four, the the good thing that they have going for them is this division is terrible, and they're tied for first still, right? The Falcons are Falcons. <laughs> Falcons sit there below 500. The Panthers and the Saints are a game back at two and five. The The winner of this division will be nine and eight if you're lucky, right? The winner of this division may be nine and eight if you're lucky. Could be eight and nine. I don't know if we see seven and ten, but the winner of this division may be eight and nine. We've seen eight and eight division winners. Heck, we've seen seven and nine division winners in the past. So, I mean, it's possible. Uh, to think that this team's going to be 10 and seven or the winner of this division is going to be 10 and seven. Cause then what you have to tell yourself is the bucks or the Falcons, if they are going to be the division favorite or win this thing, they're going to have to go seven and three to get to 10 and seven. So I think nine and eight at the high, I think that's what the, 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 the goal is. The bucks are just lifeless, just lifeless. And to lay an egg like that at a place in an early afternoon kick that traded away their best player and fired their coach that that place was like a morgue and to lose in a situation in a setting like that is just, yeah. And Brady needs help. Now Brady's always been that guy that has raised everybody else up at 45. Brady needs help. And he kind of looks around and goes, okay, who's there's nobody's there. A couple years ago, it was the defense. The defense was relentless. The defense wasn't that bad over the weekend. They just can't score all of a sudden. Can't and missing his offensive lineman. And of course you see how important Rob Gronkowski has been to Tom Brady the last decade. How immensely important he's been. Different world. And you also see how important Bill Belichick was. You know, that's one of those things where they work great together. You separate them and they may not be that great on their own, but together it just works. Because even when Tom Brady would struggle at times, he still had that Belichick defense. It just doesn't exist. So I, <laughs> I put down, you know, the buck stuck. It, it's not even neutral. It's reverse. And trading for, who you can trade for? Offensive linemen, wide receivers? You get, well, get Odell Beckham. That's not going to solve your problems. Problems are deeper than that. You know, it's you know you have a midlife crisis, a midseason crisis, except we're just getting to the midseason. Everybody, the June swoon that baseball has, you know, this happens in late October where teams try to find their footing and they go one way or another. Now, I think this division is still bad enough. I think the Bucks are going to win it still. I do. I think Tom Brady's too good of a quarterback. He's going to find some wins in here. But... This team right now would, even if they win this division, they'd be hosting the what Giants? They'd be hosting the Cowboys. Yikes! So we'll see. But the Bucks, just it's just a sad situation, and to see it end like this, I you know you'd like to see Tom Brady make the playoffs one more time, just give himself a shot. You know, even if they don't get the Super Bowl, put himself in a position. Let's face it, he did bring them all the way back last year against the Rams. Rams just had the ball last. Big play to Cooper Cup, right? That's how that sport works sometimes. That's why you don't. <laughs> that's why you build big leads so you can hold on to them uh, and give yourself a shot at the end, right? So that's how I feel about that. There's another thing that happened with the Bucks. Not really on the field, but it's they got to find heart. They got to find character. No, no, what they need to do, okay, with Leonard Fournette running the ball. And the one thing is, at least he stayed healthy. The fact that Leonard Fournette has stayed healthy and he's on pace to be like a 14, 1,500-yard back, almost well, more than that, 1,600-yard back from the, from the line of scrimmage at that uh, catching and running, that's amazing. But, uh, I mean, yikes. A McCaffrey trade would have helped out a little bit, but this is more internal. This is much, much deeper. You know, 
side note with the Bucks, Mike Evans handing out autographs to a couple NFL referees. He got caught on t- camera. I want to make sure I, I get these names right because is it Jeff Lambert and Trip Sutter? Lambert's in his 21st year as an official. Sutter's in his fourth. And people, are, you know, the NFL is investigating this. You know, if, if it's for charity, for players, and look, people know each other. I, you know, and as a member of the media, everybody kind of cringes when another member of the media asks for autographs. It's just kind of weird. You're supposed to be covering these guys, you're supposed to be professional, especially that you're supposed to be judge, jury, and I don't say executioner, but judge and jury when it comes to players. And, you know, obviously there wasn't favoritism shown to the Bucks because they got boat raced, but it, it's still, it's just a bad look. It's a bad look. Who knows what it was for? Who I don't know what it was for, and they, they're investigating this. You know, and, and I keep seeing people say, "Oh well, um, gosh, this is this is terrible." The NFL is going to investigate. What if one of these guys? I don't, and I don't know. What if these? If, if it's for a charity with a kid that has cancer, it could be misguided. But that's why I'm like, so fire him, suspend him. Let, let's see what. Let's see if what what's going on with this. And it's not going to take long. Heck, by the time you listen to this and watch this, we may already know the answer. But I, I'm one of these guys that's not going to pile on these guys. I'm not, not, you know, if they're doing it to hang it on their wall at home, yeah, we got a problem. We got a big problem. So I, I think, you know, you want to sit them for a game. Here's the problem when you start to suspend and everybody likes, you know, like, people like to bag on umpires. Let's fire them. You make the officials pay. So you want to remove somebody that's been doing this for 20 years? In a sport that's seen massive turnover, you know why officiating is not as good as it was two or three years ago? All your veterans are gone. All those veterans in the NFL have moved to the broadcast booth. All those veterans in college, they're on the broadcast booth. The broadcast booth, talking about, you know, being that analyst to explain the rule. I mean, it's brilliant. The referee, I can go on TV and make as much as I do officiating, and I get to sit in New York and watch all these games. Why would I want, why would I want to go? Why would, I, why would I want to still officiate? Which I was much sweeter. They're going to be wrong and fine. So it's just one of these things that, you know, officials, you know, they get graded, they get docked, they get to work more games. And their reward, if you're a good official, you get to work the playoffs, you get to work deep conference championship games, you get to work the Super Bowl. If you're you're not, you don't. So let's see how that plays out. I wanted to wrap with the World Series. I I, I can't wait for this thing. Phillies and the Strohs, I think this is going to be fantastic. I, I do. Phillies just hitting bombs right now. And the Astros had, what, six guys that had over 20 home runs in the regular season? So, you know, you look on paper, you say the Astros should win. I think the Astros are going to Excuse me. I think the Astros are going to win. See the Astros over the Phillies in six? I think. But I was going through and looking at this. I think there are, here, here are the five things that are going to grab my attention. I said at the beginning of the postseason, you know, looking at this thing, I, I thought the big, big storyline through all of it, and, you know, I had Harper's... <laughs> It's going to be interesting getting to Bryce Harper coming up here. But I thought it was Bryce Harper's first real crack at this with the Phillies and getting paid that monster contract and his time to shine, and he's done it. I talked about Clayton Kershaw. Dodgers bowed out early. Didn't get to, he didn't get to do much. Cardinals with Molina and Pujols, their final foray. The Phillies took care of that. They did. And you had some newcomers that were in this thing as well. But when you get right down to it, I mean, look, I... The guy that was supposed to be the next big star in this sport a decade ago is in a World Series, and he put him there with his bat. So here's what I wrote down, like the the, the five things that I'm going to be paying attention to. The, the number one, I have Altuve's wake-up call. 
Jose Altuve is hitting, ready for this, 94 this postseason, doesn't have a home run. Dude's hit 94 this postseason, it doesn't have a home run. Why do I have the feeling he's going to wake up? The Astros are in the World Series. They swept the Yankees and swept the Mariners. And Jose Altuve is hitting under 100. Frightening. Frightening if he figures it out. So that's number five on my list. Jose Altuve's wake up call. Number four, I've got a little P and B. I don't really have any jelly in there, but P and B. Depend for the Phillies against the big bats. I did. This is what it's going to come down to. Big bats for the Strohs. You got two guys that hit monstrous bombs. And look, you can flip this too. Penn gets the big sticks. Big sticks of the Phillies too. What happens in the eighth and ninth inning? Seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. Harper and these Schwarber going up against that Astros. Penn and vice versa. Penn, big bats. Fourth thing. My World Series watch list. Uh, Number three, V-Day. Justin Verlander. Going to get two starts in this thing. And... You know, he was brilliant against the Yankees, wasn't he? He was good. He lost, correct? He lost his first go-round here in the postseason. And I I wonder, or he got lit up a little bit. I wonder. He got lit up against the Mariners. He didn't lose. My bad. I was trying to think through this thing in the fly here. With a dominant World Series, or at least a World Series where he goes out, like he's pretty much done everything, right? As he as he decides whether he wants to close it on three hundred, Justin Verlander a World Series win. Remember he got to the ALCS with the Tigers that year, and Mike Napoli hit home run and beat him one to nothing. And you know he got there and he won it. He got there with the Astros a couple years ago, and they didn't, or last year, and they didn't win it. Uh, you know because he, he he wasn't healthy, he was hurt. But you're just waiting for him to finally have that, like, here. You know, World Series MVP, Mantle, regular season MVP on the pitcher of my generation. Because when we sit around, we talk about he compared to Scherzer. Um, you know, Scherzer won a World Series, didn't he, with the Nationals? So, you know, we we, we kind of look around here and try to hang that hat on the mantle. Like, is he the guy of his generation? We saw Pedro Martinez pick up a World Series win with the Red Sox. It's, did that put him as a pitcher of his generation? Schilling did it. Um, maybe, maybe this is it. Maybe this is it for Verlander. So that's number three on my list. I, I've got the real redemption at number two. Astros win a World Series here and do it without, without cheating. You know, that's a big arc. And only it is. It's, it, they win a World Series and with, with everything that happened a couple years ago and the fact that they got there last year and didn't win. And if they get there and win it, fi- fi- finally that kind of squashes that a little bit. And the number one thing for me is Harper's Hill. He's charged up it. He climbed up it. He hits the big home run in the eighth inning to put the fills in the World Series. And, and now this is his World Series. It's Bryce Harper's World Series. Paid him, what, $400 million? Close to it. For this. Philly gave him a 13-year contract, whatever it was, for this. So there you go. My five things when it comes to the World Series. Again, I like the Astros over the Phillies in six. Harpon Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe. At Harpon Sports Twitter, at Harpon Sports Instagram. Harpon Sports, auditory route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast, the bar. Harpon Sports Facebook page. Harpon Sports, the YouTube channel. And of course harponsports.com. Remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. Frankenstein, have fun with your friends.